A man leaves his house in a rage at midnight. He attempts to drive to his father's house, but runs out of gas. He calls his brother for aid, but before he can arrive, the man is forced to call 911, claiming he is being hunted and needs the police. Yet he is never seen again. Is there any evidence telling us what happened to Brandon Lawson? Welcome, welcome, welcome into another episode of Killing, Missing, Hidden. This is Grandmaster B spinning the tracks and smashing these beats upside your head. Now, this is your buddy Brad, and today we are going to discuss the sad case of Brandon Lawson. I will apologize up front because my kids are in a rare mood today, and there's a good chance you will get to hear them in the background as we go. But we'll jump right in as we always do. Please stick around to the end for the business that we need to cover. The housekeeping type stuff. So, Brandon Lawson. This was a complicated man who led a complicated life, though presumably short life. Born in November of 1986, Brandon went missing on April 9th, 2013 at the age of 26. He had been with his girlfriend slash fiance. Ladessa Lofton, since he was around 16, and the couple enjoyed three children. Brandon also had a fourth child from another relationship, but he was described by all as a very loving and attentive father. Unfortunately, Brandon had his demons. He struggled with substance abuse issues throughout his life, and while he had made progress in getting the problem under control, he suffered a relapse shortly before his disappearance. Brandon also suffered the stresses of a working man. He worked in an oil field and would often spend dozens of hours, you know, 12, 13 hours a day on the job site. He topped out at around 95 hours spent working per week. He was scheduled to start a new job shortly, though, and he was excited because he would often return home at the end of each day totally Totally exhausted. Now, on August 9th, Brandon arrived home after a particularly bad day at work, only to walk into a fight with Ladessa. She was mad at him because he had not come home the night before, he had not called to explain why he did not come home, and she was getting upset that he was getting more comfortable with using drugs again. This caused Brandon to go into a rage. Apparently, drug use and not showing up was one of her buttons. <laughs> and Brandon left their home to go to his father's house for some reason, which was a three-and-one-half-hour drive from his house. Now, Ladessa called Brandon while he was on the road and begged him not to drive that far. She said, just go to your brother's house. He only lived five miles away. He was nearby, and Brandon could cool off there. Brandon did change paths, but did not head towards his brother's house. He was driving on Highway 67 there in Texas and decided to get off onto Highway 277. This was considered the scenic route to his father's house. No one quite knows why he did it. It is possible that he thought he'd be safer taking the scenic route because he happened to have a bench worn out for him. 
Roughly 45 minutes after Brandon left home, he called his brother Kyle and asked for assistance. See, Brandon had left in such a rage he didn't notice that he was almost out of gas. And his car died on him just outside of Bronte, Texas. It was an area where cellular service was very spotty. So, Kyle agreed to help him, but this wasn't going to be as simple as you would think. Kyle's latest paycheck hadn't cleared yet, so he had to go find Brandon, get some cash from him, then drive back to the gas station, fill up a gas can, and drive back to Brandon. And all this is occurring after midnight on a Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. For whatever reason, Kyle brought his girlfriend and his young son along. While on the way to assist his brother, Kyle had at least one more conversation with Brandon. And Brandon stated during this conversation that he needed Kyle to hurry because he was being chased by three Mexican men. Kyle asked if Brandon had been doing drugs again, but Brandon insisted he hadn't been. Their conversation ended with Brandon telling Kyle, excuse me, with Kyle telling Brandon that he was only about 10 minutes away from Brandon's location. When Kyle arrived where Brandon told him he was located, he found Brandon's truck, but no Brandon. And shortly after he pulled up, a police officer was there. But again, no Brandon, no signs of Brandon. Uh, in the vehicle, there was no signs of some sort of struggle. There was no obvious damage to the vehicle. It was just sitting there on the side of the road. The officer on the scene explained to Kyle that a 911 call had been made and he had been dispatched to investigate. The call had been placed by a trucker who was concerned about the abandoned vehicle because it was blocking part of the road. Three days later, Ledessa learned Brandon had called 911 himself, but for some reason, dispatcher never passed this along to law enforcement. Though it's a little difficult to hear, I've got a copy of the recording of that 911 call, and I'm going to play it for you here. 911 emergency. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the field. The we're just pushing guys over. Right here going towards Javelin on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. I got to take the, the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now run that by me. I'm not talking to him. Hi, so you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him. Okay. That's the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? Yeah. No, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? 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 So to interpret that a little for you, we have Brandon asking for help, saying he's being chased. He says he ran into them. Dispatch asks if anyone's hurt and never receives a response. However, if you listen very closely, and this is what a lot of people key in on in this case, you can hear two interesting bits of audio. One is of a second person in the background. And if you listen really, really close, it sounds like he may be saying, protect yourself. Let me play that part of the clip again for you. 
Ah, oh, you ran into him. Okay. Got the first Do you need an ambulance? Now, the second interesting bit of audio comes from that same clip where some people claim you can hear a gunshot. There's some sort of noise. I don't know if it's loud enough to really be a gunshot, but there's a lot of people who hang their hat on the the fact that they claim this is a gunshot being fired. Again, it's very hard to hear, but I will play it again for you to see if you can't pick it up. It's going to be the same clip. Listen carefully. Ah, oh, you ran into him. Okay. Got the first Do you need an ambulance? You can hear this noise in the background right after Brandon says something about the first guy. Let me play it one last time to see if you can't pick it up. Ah, oh, you ran into him. Okay. Got the first Do you need an ambulance? Now, if you're interested, you can go on YouTube and find dozens, maybe even hundreds of videos where folks have slowed down that clip of audio, enhanced it, done all sorts of uh, audio engineering magic to it to help make the background noise a little bit easier to understand. There's some that make what Brandon's saying a little bit easier to understand. Um, And so feel free to, to troll through the labyrinth of YouTube to see if you can't find a video that helps you out. Now, Kyle and his girlfriend looked through Brandon's car and found that his keys, wallet, and cell phone were all missing. Like I mentioned, the vehicle was parked very awkwardly with the rear end of the truck kind of sticking out into the road. It gave the appearance like it was abandoned quickly. In the midst of this somewhat chaotic scene, Kyle's girlfriend receives a phone call from Brandon as well. He's asking her for help because he's bleeding, but because of the poor signal, she was unable to get any meaningful information beyond that from Brandon. Now, I found a website that kind of helped summarize the timeline here that, that was really helpful. As always, all, all the sources we rely on are in the show notes, so you can dig it up there. I'm going to go through this. It's a little dry, but uh, I think it'll kind of help put everything in perspective for you. So we're at 12.38 a.m. when Brandon calls Kyle to say he ran out of gas. At 12.48 a.m., Brandon calls Ledessa, who doesn't answer. At 12.50, Brandon calls 911. At 12.54, Brandon calls Ledessa again, but there's no answer again. At 12.58, Brandon calls Kyle three times, but none of the calls are able to connect. Again, also at 12.58, the trucker calls 911 to report Brandon's vehicle kind of being in the road. At 1.04 a.m., 911 calls Brandon back. He doesn't answer, and they leave a voicemail. At 1.09 a.m., Brandon calls Kyle three times, but the calls do not connect. At 1.12 a.m., Kyle calls Brandon three times. Again, we can't get a connection. At 1.15 a.m., Brandon calls Kyle twice. Again, no connection. At 1.18, Kyle's girlfriend texts Brandon. At 1.19, Brandon calls Kyle's girlfriend to report that he's bleeding. At this time, the cell towers indicated that Brandon was walking north during this phone call away from his truck, which would be back towards the town of Bronte. 
At 119 again, Brandon calls Ladissa multiple times. No answer. At around 3 a.m., Brandon's cell phone is turned off or loses all its battery. Now, you notice I kept saying Ladissa's phone. Uh, she wouldn't answer. This was not some intentional thing. Apparently, her charger in the house had broken. Police conducted searches throughout the land where these calls came from. They used cadaver dogs, infrared cameras, and aircraft to search for Brandon, but no trace of the young man was ever found. Now, in April of 2019, we get a pretty huge breakthrough in this case, and it's all due to the podcast called Crawl Space. They managed to get Kyle to agree to an interview. I've posted a link to their YouTube channel directly to the video in the show notes. You can also find the, the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, you know, some of those other providers. But here's kind of the highlights from the interview if you don't want to sit there and listen to it all. Now, Kyle claims that Brandon was unrealistically furious from the fight with Ladessa and that their mother had asked Kyle to go over there to intervene. By the time Kyle had gotten there, Brandon had already left. Kyle said he knew that Brandon was high the day he went missing. He said he knew where he got the drugs from, and he knew that Brandon took meth after work that day. Kyle also said meth would cause Brandon to have some pretty vivid hallucinations. Kyle claims Brandon called Kyle's girlfriend before they arrived at the scene. Brandon then called Kyle asking where he was as they arrived at his truck. As Brandon was nowhere to be seen, Kyle said the police were pulling up and Brandon told Kyle to run. Kyle reported that Brandon apparently said he could see Kyle and the police officer. And Kyle admitted, you know, Brandon had a warrant out for him, and so he was scared of the cops. Brandon claimed during the phone call that he left the house because Ladessa had called some neighbors who got up a posse of fellas who he described as Mexicans to come chase Brandon out of the house. Kyle claims that 911 call, the part with the gunshot, isn't a gunshot. He said it's the noise that's made when a truck crosses over the bridge of the nearby Colorado River, and he was very insistent on this point. The area where all this occurred, Kyle described as kind of difficult terrain, but it was devoid of trees, so it would be hard for somebody to hide out for very long in this area, and it would also be hard for someone to walk at night through this rocky, bumpy, cliffy area. Kyle claims the police never searched Brandon's truck. Though Brandon claimed he was being chased, Kyle didn't believe it. And he based this on the fact that he knew that Brandon was watching him when the police arrived and didn't sound like he was running or anything like that. Now, Kyle was given two polygraph tests by the police, and, and he passed both of them. Police told Brandon's family that they believed Brandon was on the run due to his warrant, and Kyle believed that this was the justification the police used for not making a real effort to search for Brandon. 
Kyle never believed Brandon was seriously hurt when he learned about the wound Brandon said he had. He imagined it was something more like he had stumbled and fallen and cut up his leg on a rock or something like that. Not that he had been shot or significant or injured in any sort of significant way. So that's Kyle's story of what happened. Uh, it doesn't match cleanly with the cell phone records we have. You know, it's the, uh, I mean, the easiest thing to point out is the fact that Brandon calls Kyle's girlfriend well after the police would have been at the vehicle. Um, so, you know, Kyle's saying they learned about Brandon bleeding, and then he pulls up, then the cops appear, and then Brandon tells him to run away. Doesn't fit neatly together. So law enforcement considers this case to be dead in the water. They report having just absolutely no leads. Uh, I think it's noteworthy to mention that there's no dedicated 911 call center in the area. What Brandon was calling into is a kind of little annex of a local nursing home that's staffed by volunteers. So the, Brandon wasn't dealing with a dispatcher that we think of in the classic sense. It's just a woman who was, you know, trying to help out her community and doing the best she could. Now, the internet has three main theories about what happened to Brandon. They are, number one, that he was murdered. Number two, that he ran away to start a new life. Or number three, they died from exposure. And I'll try to run through these in turn. So the murder theory kind of makes sense on the surface. We have this 911 call where Brandon claims to be hunted by multiple Mexicans and was asking for the police there's clearly a second voice on that 911 call and another unidentified noise that could be a gunshot. We have his phone call to his brother's girlfriend where Brandon claims to be bleeding. His truck is hastily pulled off the side of the road. This makes for a good case that Brandon was scared that he was being chased and was going to be hurt when we look at it on its face, but we gotta look at all the evidence, and Kyle's statements undercut this theory, obviously. He says Brandon was on drugs and was hallucinating. He could have easily imagined he was being chased. He saw Kyle, could have gotten to him and been safe, but he was too scared to approach him because the police were on the scene. Why did Brandon not just wait for the cops to depart? or cop singular to depart. Further, why would Brandon even call 911 if he was so scared of law enforcement? So whatever was scaring him enough to call 911 was not as scary as being arrested to him. Which, you know, I, I mean, this, this would not have been Brandon's first time in jail. Uh, from some of Kyle's statements, it sounded like Jail wasn't something that really bothered the two brothers. They had both been in and out several times. And, you know, regardless of your situation, a lot of times jail is a whole lot better than death, ain't it? So, um, we also have no reports of blood at the scene or anywhere in the nearby area. So, I don't think it's a situation where Brandon was injured as badly as some people think. 
and just bleeding out everywhere. Again, remember, there's no reports that Brandon's truck was damaged in any way, so it doesn't look like he was forced off the road. You know, I think there's enough holes in the murder theory that we can kind of set that one to the side and not worry about it. Theory number two, again, is that Brandon ditched his life to start a new one. He had this warrant out for his arrest. He, he was working at a really demanding job. His wife was all over his back about his drug use. You know, maybe this was just more than this man could bear. Maybe he saw starting a new life as his only way out. Well, I don't buy it. Whatever you think about this man, it seems unrefuted that he loved his kids and was a pretty good father. He also seemed to love Ladessa, despite his recent drug use the, that was damaging the relationship. He had just accepted a new job, remember? And that's not an act that's really in line with somebody who's deciding to flee the area to start a new life. And it would change a lot of the pressure he would be dealing with from his current job, at least. You can't know how stressful a new job is going to be until you start it, but you always have that glimmer of hope that it's just going to be this little ray of sunshine. Again, remember, you know, Brandon's calling his brother during this time. If he was trying to disappear, why is he making any phone calls at all? There's no reports that he took any sort of supplies with him or that he had an unusually large wad of cash on him. Now, Brandon did take some money out from his 401k shortly before he disappeared without Ladessa's knowledge. So, it is possible that maybe he did have some cash on him that we don't know about. His paycheck, however, was never touched. His bank account was never touched. And none of his credit cards were ever used. It's also possible he hitched a ride to get out of there and left the vehicle behind to stall police or to, or to stall any searches looking for him. I think that's a little optimistic because everything I read suggested that this highway was very desolate particularly at night. And ultimately, I say, you know, we've got this theory, but how much evidence can we really point to to support it? We've just got a lot of speculation here. And I don't think there's enough facts where we can say this is one we really need to pay attention to. So that takes us to our last theory, and that was that Brandon went out of his mind on drugs and died of exposure no shocker here, I'm sure, from our regular listeners. This is the one I think is the most sound. Now, it hinges a lot on believing Kyle. And I don't know why Kyle would lie about anything when it comes to finding his brother. But Kyle's not a model citizen. He would be the sort that would be easy to impeach in a courtroom setting. I just don't see what motive he would have to lie here even if it's to make law enforcement look bad, what he says kind of makes sense to me. If you are willing to accept that Brandon was on drugs. Um, you know, Brandon goes out of his vehicle into this terrain that's extremely rocky. Uh, lots of elevation changes. And it would be dangerous to be walking through this area 
with no light. Entirely possible that he fell and broke an ankle or busted up his leg in some way. It's also possible he suffered a snake bite wound from rattlesnake. He was near the Colorado River. Maybe he gets wounded, falls, slips, whatever, down into it. Though, I have to mention, this is a time when there was a pretty strong drought going on, so the river wasn't as deep as normal. It was only around knee-deep. But if you fall, if you're knocked unconscious, if you're weakened, laying upside down in the water, that's all you need to do to drown. You know, people drown in two inches of water, so knee-deep is certainly enough. While the first search by law enforcement did take place shortly after Brandon disappeared in August, the second search didn't occur until September. And then the third was a month later in October. And then a fourth search occurred in January. And then another one in February. And then the last one was in July. So we go from August 2013 to July 2014. This was not a consistent perpetual search effort it was little bursts if brandon wasn't found during the august search then clearly the police were just looking for remains during the next five searches complicating matters many of the landowners out in this part of the world would not allow the police onto their property to conduct a search so the police were stuck doing helicopter searches so they couldn't get down and look under boulders or cliffs or things like that Plus, we have to consider that Brandon's cell phone signal indicated he was headed north, but the police only searched the area south of Bronte. So if Brandon was alive and hitched a ride, he could have been long gone by the time the police started looking around the area where his truck was left. Um, And plus, you know, Brandon's acting erratically. His decision-making's erratic at this time. Who knows really what happened? Again, my biggest concern with this theory is it relies on Kyle's story. I don't know Kyle from Adam, of course, but like I said, his background makes me a little hesitant to accept his story without question. But I don't see why Kyle would lie about all this unless he's trying to cover for Brandon, who really did want to start a new life. And that theory is correct. So that's going to kind of wrap up this episode. This, uh, again, this there's lots of good videos and recordings breaking down that 911 call if you're interested. There's also a Facebook group dedicated to keeping Brandon's memory alive. Of course, this, the links to these are included in show notes. Um, again, I'd, I'd like for if you are interested in this case, I'd like for you to check out that crawl space interview. So you could hear Kyle, you know, hear him speak his own words instead of having to listen to me regurgitate him. Uh, you know, Crawl Space really managed to change the perspective of this case with just that one interview. So major kudos to them. This is a popular missing persons case because of the 911 call. Honestly, though, I think this is a pretty simple case. And the only mystery is where Brandon's body is, sadly. Um, I feel for the family. I really wish Brandon had managed to keep his drug problems under control. He seemed like a nice dude who just, again, had this nasty habit that he couldn't break free of. So, that's the case. 
as always, love to hear y'all's theories on it. Uh, feel free to let us know where my thinking's wrong, where you think we should have gone in and out and analyzing this. Why is that word so hard to say? Um, as far as business this week, there's not much new, but I will cover what we've got a little bit. Um, please keep sharing the show with your friends. Uh, share it on social media. We keep growing and we keep growing, and it's all thanks to y'all, and we really appreciate it. You can and should join our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com slash hidden. That'll get you to our podcast page. There's going to be a link on that page to the private group. Click on it. There's three little questions you have to answer just to demonstrate that you're a listener of the show. None of them are tricky. And once you do that, we can let you into the private group. Uh, we have a website, kmhpodcast.com, and an email, info at kmhpodcast.com. That's where you should write if you want to share your theories or you know, just tell us where we're going wrong in some of our analysis. But reach out to us anytime. We love hearing from y'all. We're active on Instagram as kmh.podcast. I've been told that our meme game is rather strong, so go follow us on there to see what that means. We have established a Twitter account, KMH Podcast, but we really have no idea what we're doing on there, so it may not impress you to check it out. Uh, I did want to let everybody know we've had several podcasts reach out to us and ask about doing some promotions on our show. Uh, ads, essentially. I'm always happy to help out an independent podcaster or a new podcaster so i've agreed to do some with the condition the ads are going to run after the story not before remember we do the reverse mullet here with the party up front business in the back and for the just so y'all know this isn't i'm not charging for these ads this isn't a money-making thing and if y'all hate having the ads as part of the show i'll discontinue them I'm still working to put together a product that y'all enjoy, and I will mold it and shape it in whatever way I need to to make that happen. But I'm hoping these ads are coming from shows that y'all would consider enjoying. So that's part of uh, my goal. Again, I want y'all to listen to us, but I also want y'all to find several other podcasts. All right, on to the palate cleanser. Mr. Eli is getting a little cocky in his job, and he's picked out two jokes again. Here's his first. What do you call two bananas? So you got a pair of bananas. What do you call them? Why, you call them slippers. And speaking of bananas, he said I had to say that, why did the banana go to the doctor? Because it wasn't peeling well. So there you go. Two world-class, gold medal-winning jokes from eight-year-old Eli. Oh, we always get a kick out of him. Some of you have commented that on Eli's jokes, and he gets a kick out of that. So if you want to make an eight-year-old's day, just send us a little message. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, feel blessed to have what may be some of the greatest listeners in the world. Our goodbye today will be brought to us by a band you may have heard of, uh, Led Zeppelin, I believe they're called. 
Leaves are falling all around. It's time I was on my way. Thanks to you, I'm much obliged for such a pleasant stay. But now it's time for me to go. The autumn moon lights my way. So have a wonderful week. Ramble on, stay safe, stay healthy. This is Brad. Signing out. Thank you for listening to Kellen Missing Hidden. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share. Questions? Email us at info at kmhpodcast.com.